Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to those who are with us on ACB Radio. Oh, we have a fun and entertaining evening in store for you. And to get us started with um, proper blessing for our food and, and um, conclusion of our convention, it's an honor for me to introduce to you Michael Garrett, who, as you heard today, has ser- just completed serving eight years on the ACB Board of Directors. Michael, thank you so much for everything you've done for ACB and for what I know you will do in the future. Thank you. Let us invoke the presence of our Lord. When injustice assails me and inflames my distress, it is you and only you who can quench the evil one's fervent press. When grief and sorrow falls upon me, and causes me to bear my brokenness. I know it's you who comes along to comfort and to bless. And when I cry out amidst life's toughest test, I hear your voice saying, come child, come to me and I will give you rest. O Lord, our Lord, how Magnificent, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we magnify your name. We come with praise. We humble ourselves before you. We reflect on all the happenings in the world today. We reflect on the lives that have been lost and the families who must now bear the grief of those lost lives. We ask comfort for those who have to go through that pain. But in the midst of it all, you've allowed us to gather together. You've allowed us to have a festive time. We've engaged in healthy debate. We've shared together. We've learned together. We've laughed together. And now... The road before us presents us with challenges. Yes, challenges which can become change. But you've prepared us. You've given us something to go back home with, to fight the challenges, to pursue positive change. Grant us your peace, your power, and your protection. Now, Lord, as we move into this festive time, this time of celebration, this time of congratulation to some, we ask, Lord, that you would bless this bounty for which we are about to partake of. May it nourish our souls. As, may, it nourish our, <laughs> may it nourish our bodies as your spirit 
nourishes our souls. Let your will be done in our lives. In the name of my precious Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Are Julie and Michael Stinson in the audience? Okay. If they should arrive, let me know. <laughs> All right. I want to introduce to you our Master of Ceremonies for the evening, who is going to introduce you to the head table. And Have you ever met a table? Well, Mark is going to introduce you to a table. <laughs> I, um, you know... We, we, keep, we keep Mark very tightly bundled during the week. He's, uh, he's resolutions committee chair. He has so many responsibilities, and he presents resolutions to us. But not necessarily too deep down. He's is quite a funny man. And, uh, <laughs> and tonight I thought it would be a, a, a good thing for him to be able to to just let himself go. So, no, you know, I won't say no restraints because uh, Mark needs some some managing. So that's my job, right? Okay, he says yes. But uh, I think we're in for an, an amusing time, an entertaining evening with our our special guest Terry Kelly, uh, who you'll enjoy in in uh, later on. We have awards. We have recognitions, and we have drawings. So drawings, remember? Braille Forum raffle tickets, they will be available this evening if you just happen to miss every opportunity that was presented to you this week. Never fear, there is more opportunity. So you'll find out more about how to pur purchase a ticket if you don't have one. So it's my pleasure to turn the microphone over to our Master of Ceremonies for the evening, Mr. Mark Reichert. Thank you. I'll tell you what, I, it's not so often I get invited to become unhinged in front of several hundred of my favorite, favorite people. My name is Mark Reichert. It's been a pleasure spending the week with you. Can I just tell you how grateful it is that I don't have to read a thing tonight? Somebody in the back just said, not half as grateful as we are that you don't have to. That's awfully sweet. I'm definitely going to be developing a complex. Uh, Kim is not the only one this evening who has the responsibility of keeping track of me. I've got a number of uh, old and new friends, or long-term and new friends, let's put it that way, up here on the stage with me. And let me introduce to you who is uh, with us up here at the head table to try to throw the net over me if I uh, get too carried away. Uh, if you're looking at the podium, and it's straight on ahead right here, uh, if, uh, to, immediately to my right is Jay Blend and Todd, uh, Jeff Todd. Jay Blend, I have a note here that says your name is pronounced Blend even though it's spelled blind. Is that correct? That is correct. Now, now <laughs> you, you need to get comfortable with your last name, my friend. There, there are programs that can help you with that. Uh, adjustment to last name services, for example. It's a very important thing. Uh, but uh, Jay, uh, Jay Blend and Jeff Todd are with Vanda Pharmaceuticals, uh, who are a sponsor and are great friends of ours. Let's give a hand. Speaking of Vanda, while I'm thinking about it, I think it, this is true. Everybody should have a glass at your seat. And on this yummy glass, someone gave one to me. It's 
totally devoid of scotch. And I, I, uh, I, I, I feel, I feel uh, mad, frankly, I think is the word. That, uh, but in any case, uh, the, 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 the glass is a gift from Vanda. It says Vanda Pharmaceuticals on one side and the American Council of the Blind on the other. It's a clear glass and it would be ideal for a, uh, about, I, I would say, two or three fingers of Glenlivet, I think uh, would be... I think it would taste exceedingly well. This is a whole new method for treating non-24. I'm telling you, this is... <laughs> I, uh, and, 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 and one of these guys was saying, yeah, and we could probably get a lot quicker approval for that. I'm not sure we should be talking about... You know, this is being broadcast over the Internet. Perhaps we ought not to talk about this anymore. In any case, uh, thanks, for Vanda, for coming. And then we have uh, three friends, I believe, from J.P. Morgan Chase, Ellen, Ellen Strom, Janet uh, Lamarck, and Angela Larson. Let's welcome them. J.P. Morgan Chase, fantastic sponsors of the, our convention this week. Okay, okay. The best part, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, J.P. Morgan Chase uh, sent me a credit card, a $42 credit limit. Oh, I don't know. That says more about me than it does them, though. We're not going to tell you. It's all of that music addiction. Spent far too much on it. To my left, your right, starting close to the center of the stage and going toward the far right, are people that we know and love, Kim and Brian Charlson, ladies and gentlemen. And if I've got the... Oh, uh, yeah, Kim, Kim is president, by the way. Uh, again, uh, spend some time uh, meeting her. Uh, she would love to get to know you and find out more about blindness. Uh, next, to, uh, next to Brian, I believe we have this in the right order, is our special guest, Terry Kelly. Let's give him a round of applause. We're going to be talking more about him and hearing a lot more from him later. Next to him is his beloved spouse and sweetheart and better half, of course, because that's the role that all those spouses play, right? Yes? And Kelly, let's welcome her too, please. And I think that's it for now. We're going to welcome the Stinsons. Perhaps when they come in, they'll come on up and we'll be sure to welcome them. They're at table 33. Maybe they're going to stay there. I think they said that they would be willing to sit at the head table provided that they had anybody but Mark Reichert doing the MCE thing. Because they said, we've heard enough from him. But you don't get a vote. So that's that. It is a real pleasure for me to, uh, to, to play this role for you tonight. You're just going to hear from yours truly a little bit. And I think we're going to leave you alone, right? To do a little bit of eating. Uh, one of the things I want to do before uh, we do that, though, is remind you that we have raffle tickets for sale. Raffle tickets for sale. Put a hand in the air if you want a raffle ticket. Put two in the air if you want to buy some tickets for me. And uh, there's no one putting two hands in the air. I bet you didn't know I could see, could you? It's been a whole... I've been fooling you guys. People will do the darndest things to try to join ACB, won't they? Put your hand in the air. Folks will come by for some raffle... Uh, uh, sell you some raffle tickets. Well, I just thought I would mention to you that um, since you all have had to put up with me all week... And uh, I, I, Kim, you don't you don't know this yet. Um, Janet, Janet doesn't know this yet. I, I am I'm, I am so excited about this. You guys are. I mean, this is really truly remarkable. We uh, we have a guest, a special special guest MC tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I really can't believe I have the honor to do this, but it is my pleasure to welcome. 
to truly MC tonight's banquet from Prairie Home Companion fame, Mr. Garrison Keeler. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so nice. I don't know how many of you listen to me. Most people can't listen to me, especially when they're talking, I know, but you have food in front of you. I'd pick up the fork, put it down firmly on the plate, lift it to your mouth, and put an empty fork into your mouth and bite down. No, that's only for people who make fun of me. I think you know that I've, I, I've, I've, I've announced my retirement about six or seven times now, and I just had to come out of retirement to tell you a little bit about this home state of mine. It really has been a quiet week here in Lake Wobegon. It's right out there on the prairie. Actually, this week hasn't been too quiet. There was a bus, bus load of people came by earlier this week. People stopped there. The bus pulled up right in front of the sidetrack tap. I tell you, I thought it was just like the circus came to town. They put, the bus stops, door opens up, and all these blind people came out. <laughs> canes and dogs, dogs and canes, I tell you, it was something else. Blind people... Blind people walking down Main Street there, tapping, tapping along with white canes, looking like a row of, of human metronomes or something. Right? <laughs> tapping, tapping to the rhythm of a very eccentric blind drummer. They had come just from, I believe, from the Laurel Ingle, Laura Ingalls Wilder visit here that was very good. If you've never been, you should go. And... Uh, they were going to just take a quick stop on their way back here to this hotel. And, uh, of course, there's not a whole lot to see in Lake Wobegon. You know, when you take tours through town, usually it's about 16, 17 minutes. But they stop by, let everybody out, take a little walk around town. One young lady, Brittany, Brittany, about 27 years old, 27 years old, she's got long blonde hair, goes way down her back. Long blonde hair. She's from California. Her dog guide, Katrina. Katrina, she and Brittany and Katrina have been working together for ten, ten long years. Katrina's getting a little bit old now. But boy, she sure knows how to guide. Funny thing, when you call a dog Katrina, it's three syllables, so Brittany often just refers to her dog by her favorite nickname, which is Cat. Kind of funny to think of a dog being called Cat, but that's the sort of thing you'd see in Lake Wobegon, you know, and that's because Brittany has relatives actually in, in Millet, which is just not too far away, actually. She was stopping in Lake Wobegon on her way to see her Aunt Charlotte. So she stopped there, took a little walk down the street, decided to take a walk, take a spin over by... The statue of the unknown Norwegian. It's a, really quite the landmark here in Lake Wobegon. Cat had to come off, off the leash. She wanted to play with him a little bit there, play with her a little bit in the park. 
cat kind of took a leak right there on the statue of the unknown world region. It's all right. We don't mind that sort of thing. We're sort of, you know, a down-home folk, you know. Well, Brittany had some time to kill and thought she'd sit, sit, get into the sidetrack tap, have a Diet Coke. You know, she's one of those people. Now she's not going to drink during the day. And she decided, you know, I think, uh, I think it's time for me to go visit my Aunt Charlotte. So I'm going to call a taxi. Having no idea where Millet is in relationship to Lake Wobegon, the truth is Mark Reichert has no idea either, but he's just making this up as he goes along. <laughs> she decided to call an Uber cab. Now, it's a funny thing. In Lake Wobegon, we hardly have taxis, let alone Uber service. And... Uh, it's actually only one young man, Jimmy Beeler. You might have heard of Jimmy Beeler. He, 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 he's this man. He's been kind of adrift all his life, doesn't really know what to do. He kind of sweeps floors over there down at uh, Ralph's Pretty Good Grocery, and he uh, doesn't really know what to do with his life, but he decided that he was going to drive a car. Now, how many fares do you think you get in a town like Lake Wobegon? Not very many. So Brittany called for an Uber cab, because she knows she's hearing that ACB is working really hard with Uber and things are really improving and turning around, you know. So she called, called Uber. Jimmy Breeler pulled up. I tell you, he pulled up when he saw Brittany standing there. He almost lost his mind. That long California blonde hair and a dog named Cat. Well, that's where we're going to leave it for now. We'll come back and pick up Brittany a little later. For now, we're going to leave you to your meals. I'm going to turn it back over to Mark. See you in a moment. Oh, you all are so, so generous to applaud something like that. Like I said, when I said that my Vandeglass didn't have scotch in it, you thought I was just making a joke. That was a cry for help, ladies and gentlemen. It was an appeal to the heavens. Uh, with that, I'm going to leave you alone for a while, and I think we're going to do a little bit of eating and socializing, and then we'll be right back. Remember, put your hands in the air if you're looking for some raffle tickets. Raffle tickets. Thank you. Enjoy the meal. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if I may please have your attention. If I may please have your attention. You've got some apparently yummy dessert in front of you or coming, so you just tuck right into that. Close your little lips around that fork. It's yummy stuff. Make a big smile. It's my pleasure to introduce to you for the next segment of this evening, uh, Chev Haley, who's the awards committee chair. But before I do that, I want to make sure that we're recognizing once again two very important companies, colleagues, friends, partners. Uh, Vanda Pharmaceuticals has been so very, very generous with the American Council of the Blind. Vanda is this evening's banquet sponsor, and we're so, so grateful. And, you know, uh, putting for 10 seconds my American Foundation for the Blind hat on, I can say Vanda has been so wonderful to all organizations in the blindness community and really reaching out to our community. There are a lot of, there are a lot of, ladies and gentlemen, if I can have your attention. Enjoy that dessert. It's so good. You don't want to be talking. You want to be eating. It's, if I didn't have to do this, I'd be eating it. Uh, so... There are so many organizations, so many companies that sort of come and go. They're sort of hit and run. And I think we know some of those, those companies. So, you know, they want your attention for a little while. They might even be generous with you for a little while, but there's very few that stick with you through sort of the thick and thin and uh, want to join up with you as a true partner. 
and uh, and Vanda's doing that. So one again, once again, put your little forks down. Let's give them a round of applause. And our friends from J.P. Morgan Chase, sponsors of the Friday session, uh, just remarkable. Uh, again, partnered the generosity from Van Dan from J and Chase, just incredible. Uh, but you know, you also can tell uh, where how, how how sincere generosity really is by actions, right? Actions speak louder than words, right? And so it's not just it's not just about support, and indeed it's not even just attending and being part of this cool event tonight. Um, but you can tell when a company is spending an awful lot of time, effort, and energy resources to make stuff accessible to folks who are blind and visually impaired, to make sure people with disabilities can use their products and services. And Chase keeps doing that and doing that and doing that, and and so that's the real test, I think, of. So of an organization and a company that is a, a, a true partner, not just generous, but indeed walks, walks the walk. So again, thank you again uh, to J.P. Morgan Chase. With that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Chip Haley, Awards Committee Chair. Howdy. Is everybody having a good time in the house tonight? The better half of the ACB Awards Committee co-chair, Chell Hart, couldn't be with us this evening. She had a previous engagement, and so she did tell me, however, that she would be listening tonight on ACB Radio. Many of you know Chell. However, you may not know that she has more names than there are bricks on the Empire State Building. <laughs> Sometimes she may go by Rochelle. She may, buy, she may go by Shelley. She may go by Chell. She even goes by, hey, you. <laughs> we have several different awards that we wish to present tonight. But before I do that, again, Chell and I would like to thank our Madam President, Kim Charlson, for giving us the distinction, the, the, the honor of serving as ACB Awards Committee co-chairs. It's just been a, such a delight and pleasure. I would also like to announce the members of the ACB Awards Committee, starting with Janet Dickelman. Minnesota. Peter Altschul, Missouri. Hey now, be nice. Ann Brash, Illinois. Judy Jackson, Michigan. Jean Mann, New York. And Chell Hart, South Dakota and myself, Chip Haley, Missouri. We'd also like to thank, oh, by, oh I don't want to miss uh, Sharon Levering from the National Office. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we also want to thank all of you who submitted nominations 
this year. We take your nominations very, very seriously. We take each submission, giving them very careful consideration. And even though your submission may have not been selected, please don't allow that to discourage you. We encourage you to continue to keep those submissions coming. We hope that you will continue to submit your nominations and perhaps one, one day your nomination may be selected. I can't tell you how excited I am about the recipients that we have for this evening's awards, beginning with the Volunteer Recognition Award. This will be the first time that we will be presenting this award. And I want to thank the ACB Board of Directors for approving this particular award. And as I mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, Chell couldn't be here with us this evening. But to do the honors, Judy Jackson has graciously consented to do the words of acknowledgement. So here's Judy. I'm taking this mic to hold for her so she can sit. Back. There you go. There you go. Got it. Good, e good evening. Can you hear me? Oop. Can you hear me? Okay. They can, can, you, volume, can you hear me? Nobody's ever said they had to turn up the volume when I spoke, but that's, there's always a first time for everything. All right, good evening. So I'm going to read to you. Oh, sorry. Gosh. Okay, how about this? My, my mouth is on the thing. All right. So this is the ACB Volunteer Award. This year's recipient came to ACB close to 30 years ago and has been volunteering all year, every year, she ever since, oh, I'm sorry, she's volunteered every year ever since. She begins preparing for our July convention the previous fall when members of the convention committee visit the convention site. She does this by checking things off of her list of the things that the hotel staff needs to do before we get there. She works with them during the year to see that our needs will be met. In the days before the law required braille and large print signage on doors, she would take Dymo tape and braille the numbers on the doors to all of our rooms and labels on soda and snack machines. She and her team of braillists often brailled restaurant menus and hotel TV guides for our use. For many years, she was the volunteer coordinator, training volunteers and hotel staff and supervising the, um, oops, one second, supervising the volunteer desk, loading tour buses, and occasionally going on tours as a guide. She gathers advertisements for our convention programs and sponsors to cover the cost of some of our convention events and announces their names and introduces many of them on the floor each morning. She, along with others, is there to greet us when we arrive at the airport, 
helping to find our transportation to the hotel and is there to see us off when it's time to go home. During convention week, she's around morning, noon, and night, filling needs while she sees them. And if she sees you, and you look a little lost, she, she gives you her arm and whisks you off to wherever you need to go. Once she meets you, she never forgets you. And you feel like you've known her forever. <clears throat> and when the ACB convention is over, she goes to the Blinded Veterans of America convention and does all of the wonderful things she does for us, for them. The awards committee is not only thrilled, but extremely proud to present the first ACB Volunteer Recognition Award to our number one volunteer, my dear friend, Marjorie Beeman. And she's from, yeah, woo! This mic, put the mic back, right in front of you, right in front of you. Yeah. Let's give it up, ladies and gentlemen, one more time. like it's, it's a group effort ladies and gentlemen. this is so much fun up here you guys all right so I'm gonna read you the plaque while um, Marjorie is um, coming off of the cloud <laughs> the Marjorie Beeman volunteer recognition award presented to Marjorie Beeman for her dedication of time resources and expertise toward enhancing the quality of life within the blindness community. July 8th, 2016, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Martin, you want to say a few words? goodness <laughs> thank you very much that was surprised and I don't know how they kept the surprise from me <laughs> and then I just learned a second ago they rearranged the schedule because I'm going to turn in and work on the ones going back tomorrow and I have to leave at four o'clock for the airport a.m. so I will see all of you early birds out there thank you very much you are my friends and if it wasn't for you I wouldn't be doing all these things so have a great evening and I love you very much Yes, sir.
They gave me bubbles. So I will blow bubbles tonight because they call me blubbles. Because when we talk on the phone, I'm sometimes at McDonald's or somewhere, and it doesn't come out very clear, and there's a lot of noise. So that's my new name, Bubbles. Thank you. <laughs> Here's your mic. Thank you. Isn't that great? You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're more than just the blind and visually impaired community. We are family. And you can just sense that up here on the platform. I tell you, this is really great. The next award that we would like to present is the James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award. And again, we are very pleased and excited to present this year's recipient of this award. And here again is Judy to read the words of acknowledgement. The James R. Olson Distinguished Service. Can you guys hear me? Oh, maybe. A, there we go. Is this better? All right. The James R. Oh, somebody. Okay. The James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award is periodically given to individuals who have made. I'm chasing the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I'm <laughs> So, and then we had bubbles up here. All right. So it's periodically given to individuals who have made important contributions which have advanced opportunities for the blind community. This award can be given to an individual or an organization. So now I'm going to read the letter. The James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award. For more than eight years, this individual has been the CEO and board chair of the Xavier Society for the Blind, the national resource of, for the Catholics who are blind or, and, and, or visually oh gosh, and or visually impaired. Easy for y'all to say. He has a deep and solid commitment to blind people and or visually impaired people who are capable and productive citizens, and he gets this message out whenever and wherever he can. He encourages the full participation of blind people in their churches in both lay and professional roles. He is a passionate advocate working seamlessly between both, both major blindness consumer groups and his compassion has allowed him to become a personal advocate, advisor, and friend. He challenges his peers and the community in general to take advantage of the capabilities and productivity that blind people have to offer. He challenges us to work. Turn the page to work constructively together at all times, and he always has the time to stop and offer care when needed. This year's... Oh, gosh, I forgot. 
she's got an, an abbreviation here, J-R-O, J- oh, James R. Olson, <laughs> Distinguished Service Award. Ooh, I didn't braille this. I'm sorry. Shelly, if you're listening, I apologize. This year's James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award is presented to Father John Sheehan. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. While while he's reading the plaque, I'm going to, I mean, while he's coming up, I'm going to read you guys the plaque. The James R. R. Olson Distinguished Service Award presented to Father John Sheehan for his deep and solid commitment to blind and visually impaired people as capable, productive citizens of society, July, this says July 4th, (laughs) July July 4th, 2016, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want to get the Father, congratulations, sir. Well, Father thank you. Chip Haley, congratulations. Thank you. Please, go ahead. I'm glad I wore pants. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I started to say I, I was glad I wore a suit, and somehow it came out pants. I'm... A, They say that when you are a teacher, the truth becomes that the teacher learns more from the student than the other way around. And I have learned an awful lot of things in my time since starting at the Xavier Society. I've learned how to walk with a white cane. I've learned not to get in in problems when I walk into things, you know. There's a wonderful picture on my last day of blind training, and I'm in the middle of the street at the back end of a car. But whenever I go out to talk about the Xavier Society and about being blind and what people can get involved, my one theme, and I repeat it over and over again, is that a blind person can do pretty much anything a sighted person can with the right training and the right equipment. And you people constantly prove me right in that. Thank you for this. I'm... uh, 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 um, um, It's worth learning to read Braille just so I can read the award, you know. (laughs) Um, It's an honor to know you. It's an honor to be here. And although I really don't deserve this, by God, I'm going to take it. Thank you. (laughs) Congratulations. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, for Father Sheehan. Nice introduction, too. I want to show it to some people. Yes. yes. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when President Charlson was thinking about the different committee chairs, co-chairs, when she came to the ACB Awards Committee co-chairs, she really struggled trying to come up with who could she select to co-chair the ACB Awards Committee. Brian told her, Look, just, just, just keep it pure and simple. Well, she did that. Chill Hart is pure, and I'm simple. <laughs> we have one last award that we would like to present. 
And we hope that you will be just as excited and pleased as we are with our selection. And again, here's Judy to do the words of acknowledgement. All right. We're going to talk about the George Card Award. The George Card Award is given to an individual who has dedicated his or her life to work for and with blind people, making a real difference and improving quality of life through providing leadership and being a positive role model. <clears throat> a few months ago, after this gentleman passed away, the ACB Awards Committee received a nomination suggesting that ACB give an award to his daughter in recognition of his contributions to our community. This person was a 1963 graduate of the Naval Academy lettering in crew, lettering in crew for four years and captain of the crew team that won the one moment one won the coveted eastern print award he was uh, i'm sorry yeah it is sprint the s is barely barely there it is sprint it's bare the s is barely there um but it is there okay <laughs> he was a silent s yes he was born on February 29, 1940, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where his family had lived for over two centuries. This man's ability to project new endeavors was wide and deep. His influence was such that during the 1970s, he had an office within the White House. Beginning with the remote infrared audible sign system developed by the Smith, the Braille is just, by the Smith Kettle, Kettlewell Eye Research, oops, come up a little bit, yeah, <laughs> that's all right, Eye <laughs> Institute, he took infrared technology and single-handedly hosted it onto the world stage. He instinctively understood the power of this otherwise silent orientation system to be used by people with visual and or other print reading disabilities. In 1993, this man established Talking Signs Incorporated, taking on the great task of creating a new orientation system. The system is now deployed in Japan, Norway, Italy, Canada, and the United States. He did not see the system he projected brought into reality but everyone with visual or print or reading disabilities owes him a debt of gratitude 
for laying the groundwork for today's just a second for today's cell phone based orientation system this year's winner of the George Card Award is Mr. Ward Bond. Jeff, do you want to do that? Who's doing it? Jeff. Chip? Julie Stenson, ladies and gentlemen, will be here in just a quick moment to receive the award. Ward's daughter, I'm sorry. Yeah, she's right behind me. Okay, here you go. Okay, here's the, here's the plaque. It says, presented to Ward Bond for his ingenuity and inspirational endeavors to improve the quality of life for blind and visually impaired individuals, July 8th, 2016, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Congratulations. Where is she? Hello. 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 Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Can everybody hear me? Okay. I swear we've been here the whole time, just way over there. So we've enjoyed everything. All right. Um, I just want to thank you for this wonderful acknowledgement of my father's efforts developing talking signs. Dad was always ahead of the curve and his life work involved implementing innovative ideas. Upon learning of my father's passing, Jerry Coons, a friend who was blind, wrote, he was an insightful, deliberate, empathetic, and kind being with great fortitude. It was a true pleasure to be friends with him. That is a wonderfully concise and poignant summary his friends all noted what a fine friend he was as a man who enjoyed talking and enjoyed listening. Because dad actively made people his friends by giving of himself on many levels, everyone who knew him took Ward's death personally. A man of clear memory, love of history, and a man who led an interesting life Dad could be both spellbinding and entertaining. According to his own reflection, Ward Bond was a projector. During early Louisiana history, a projector was the honorific given to a person who could imagine a great city at the bend of a river where only wilderness existed. He was responsible for the development of the Baton Rouge Civic Center the Louisiana Arts and Science Center, and a high-rise apartment building for seniors and people with disabilities, within which he lived during the final years of his life. Ward also helped design and promoted the BAT, a cording keyboard that presented an efficient new way to type. The BAT is still used by many people who have disabilities.
And finally, there was talking signs. Ward understood the orientation dilemma of people who are blind, including the inability to see signs. Dad, Jeff Moyer, and others worked for many years to develop this technology on a grand scale. Their final effort was called NewMap, the development of a comprehensive application of the technology with regional orientation capabilities. The plan was put together and they had the commitment of federal funding to establish Washington DC as the first city to be accessible, accessible to the 45 million Americans who can't read or see signs. If the highway bill had passed in 2010, this project would have been realized. But as it was, Dad took the remarkable infrared technology developed at Smith Kettlewell Rehabilitation Engineering Center and presented it to the world. This wayfinding system is now deployed in Santa Barbara, San Francisco, and San Jose, California, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Lansing, Michigan, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Oslo, Norway, Trieste, Italy, Toronto, Canada, and many cities in Japan. 20 years of his life were given to this undertaking. My father said that his years working with all of you were the most meaningful years of his life. Although his efforts did not give him significant financial remuneration, he found the belief that you all had in his leadership and advocacy to be the greatest riches a man could ask for. Representing my mother, sister, and daughter, my husband Michael and I accept this award. I know that dad is with us in spirit and knows that you have given us this wonderful acknowledgement of his efforts. We have met and spoken with many of you over the last day and understand why Ward cared so much for you all. Thanks to all of you and the ACB. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bankrupt the applause bank with one more round of applause with this year's 2016 award recipients. Thank you. Great job. Thanks. Mark? Yes, sir. There you go, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to recognize President Kim Charlson to do another award. Come on, give her some applause. She's worked hard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. I've had several opportunities this week to be involved with surprises. I like surprises. And I like sharing surprises with all of you. So 
I received a phone call several months ago from a spouse of someone who is going to be recognized this evening with a life membership. But this individual wasn't able to be at this Sunday night opening session. So we put a plan together, she and I, that we would present this award, this life membership, to him this evening. So it's often very difficult to keep a secret, especially from someone as engaged in ACB as this gentleman. Whenever I would call their phone number and she would not answer, I would leave a message about ACB and that I needed to speak to her about official ACB business, and she would call me back. So I don't think he knew that we had cooked something up. So this gentleman has served in the past as president of the American Council of the Blind. And it was Marvelena's wish to honor Chris Gray with a life membership in the American Council of the Blind. So, Chris, would you please come forward to accept your life membership? Lane, would you like to come up and read this plaque? I don't feel any bumps on it, so we may have to retrofit it after the fact. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, sure. No bumps. Oh, they're there. Good heavens. How did I miss them? Oh, it's upside down. I see. <laughs> they are there. I can read the plaque. How about that? Okay. American Council of the Blind Certificate of Life Membership to Christopher Gray as a life member in good standing of the American Council of the Blind given this third day of July 2016. President Kim Charlson, Secretary Ray Campbell. So it is accessible. Chris, congratulations. You are welcome. Here you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's the podium. Are you sure about that in good standing part? <laughs> wow. I am so lucky. Uh, I've got Kim here on my left. Marvelyn is somewhere nearby here. Two of the greatest ladies in, in the American Council of the Blind. Thank you, Marvelena. And you know, I gotta say, I've been wondering lately, we've been eating an awful lot of beans and rice and stuff like that, you know? What's the old Woody Guthrie line? Soup, almost so thin you could read the New York Times through it. <laughs> I thank you all very much. You know I love ACB. This is my 41st con consecutive convention wow. with this organization. Wow. And I'm here because of all of you and because of ACB and what it is. Uh, I won't make a long speech because it could be a long banquet. <laughs> 
But I would be remiss if I also did not give a great big shout out and thank you to the Missouri Council of the Blind, to my president, Denny Huff, who have allowed me later in my life, although I hate to talk about that, but uh, at this time in my life, to do the work that I love so much. Uh, I worked in the dot-com industry for so long. Now I can work with blind people every day, and there is not a day that goes by that I cannot go home and say, I helped at least one blind person today who really needed me, who needed MCB. So thank you, Missouri Council of the Blind. This is a nice plaque. It is. It wow. Is. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I didn't know. I know you didn't. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if I might invite Ron Brooks to come forward, please. Ron is going to be uh, presenting for us tonight the Nettie Freeman Award. I just want to say as he's coming up, um, and this is serious, don't, even, don't, don't, don't look for a punchline here. Um, I, I spent a lot of time at, when I worked both at ACB way back in the day, 20 years ago or so, and uh, also at AER, going along, around to a lot of state chapter meetings. When I was 26, 27 years old, I didn't, I didn't know who any of these folks were getting awards. And I remember saying to somebody, my God, if I have to sit through another award ceremony, I'm going to die. I'm just going <laughs> to. And then a funny thing happened. I grew up a little bit, a little bit, a little couple. But I also got to know a lot of these people in the field. And it's a funny thing. Uh, you put a face and a name, not only that, but a recognition of the work, hard work that people do. And funny thing, all of a sudden those award ceremonies don't become so boring anymore. Because what you know is that you're thanking someone who you've grown to care about, or certainly at the very least respect, because you know that they've worked really hard for it. And uh, thank God we have an organization like ours where we can have an opportunity to get to know folks. In ACB, you don't necessarily get lost. You just get to know a lot of really interesting, quirky, wonderful, marvelous, wild and crazy people. So, in any case, I believe we're ready to go. Uh, Ron Brooks. Welcome, Ron Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. Ron. Good job. Well, good evening, everybody. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. So, um, I have the pleasure of presenting the Ned E. Freeman Excellence in Writing Award. Excuse me one second. My seasoned seeing-eye dog was proving that he's still young. <laughs> so let me just um, share a little bit the um, Nettie Freeman Award, uh, Nettie Freeman Excellence in Writing Award, um, is presented annually to the author of an article that appears in either the ACB uh, Braille Forum, either the electronic or the hard copy, or in any uh, of our affiliate newsletters. Um, all articles, excluding those written by BOP members, are eligible for consideration. 
<coughs> which is why um, I can't compete. Anyway, so, um, but that means that there's 75 articles roughly in consideration just in the forum articles and then all the other ones from all the other newsletters. So this is a very, very competitive award. Things that we look for on the Board of Publications when we um, provide, when we select this award, first and foremost, writing excellence. You, the, the people who win this, they're good writers, and, and that obviously is very important. We look for people, for articles that are interesting, that cover uh, unusual subjects, um, you know, something that's different, something that's original, something that's novel. We look for people who are in articles where the author has used a really uh, interesting approach to tell a story. In short, it's really all about the excellence. And so winning this award is really proof that the author is really, really good at what they did, at what they did with their article. This year's choice was, was in some ways a very tough one because there were lots and lots of very, very good articles. And we spent I think maybe two calls on the Board of Publications trying to figure this out and emails in between. But in some other ways, the choice was really, really easy because this year we had a true standout. And once we kind of got through all of it, we were really all very pleased to be able to make the decision that we made. The author this year demonstrated excellent writing. And the article uh, was really just a fantastically written article. But more than that, the article showed careful research. The author conducted interviews with lots of people. Uh, the author provided facts uh, from a long period of time to help bring us all closer to the subject matter. The author covered, um, the author used ex excellence in every way to really bring his subject to all of us and to bring it and to make it personal and memorable for all of us. The 2016 Nettie Freeman Excellence in Writing Award <coughs> goes to Alan Casey for his article, Remembering Durward, which appeared in the November 2015 ACB Braille Forum. And we're so pleased to present this award. I don't know if it's a surprise. Um, if we believe it's a surprise. Let me just read the plaque now. American Council of the Blind, Ned E. Freeman, Excellence in Writing Award, presented to Alan Casey for his well-crafted article, Remembering Durward, um, let's see, which appeared, I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna blame the Braille here. I'm going to blame my writing, <laughs> I mean my reading, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> which, paint, yeah, which painted a word picture of ACB's founding father. This is presented July, it says 4th, but we all know it's today, 2016, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I now will turn it over to the author and the excellent Nettie Freeman Award winner, Alan Casey. Thank you, Ryan. Um, with all these awards this evening, I feel a little bit like the comedian George Goebel, 
I'm sure many of you here remember, remember him. But a number of years ago, uh, he appeared on Tonight Show. And sitting on one side of him was Johnny Carson. On the other side was Dean Martin and Bob Hope. And so George Goble made the comment that he felt like a pair of brown shoes in a room full of tuxedos. <laughs> and that's a bit how I feel tonight with all these other awards that have, uh, have been given. But I do need to thank uh, a number of people. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the Board of Publications uh, for their consideration and their selection of the article. Uh, it was truly a labor of love, uh, learning as much as I did about Durwood. I never had the opportunity to know Durwood, but uh, I feel like I know him fairly well now through the eyes and, and the minds and memories of, of, of others. also need to thank those eight individuals that I interviewed. Uh, I won't name them, try to name them tonight, but they're, they're all in the article and they're in a, in a note at the end of the article. But uh, there is one that I, I, really, uh, I really have to... Uh, <laughs> I have to single out because she was so encouraging, and uh, we talked forever on the telephone, but I'm glad we did. I recorded all the calls, so at least I, I could remember everything and, and put it all together. But, you know, we, 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 we called Derwood McDaniel the father of ACB. But I think we, we could probably call, since she was there at the beginning with Derwood in Kansas City, I think we could call Kathy Skyvers the midwife. So... But, but all of those people were so gracious um, to me, and they gave me so much time and shared so much with me that uh, they had as much to do, if not more to do, with this article uh, than I did. And, of course, the third person I need to thank is Derwood. Without Derwood, none of this would have been possible. You know, Derwood was, was a, a person of vision, and he did a lot. Um, one of the stories that I was told uh, in, in, during the interviews was a, an individual who was uh, just a, a young, uh, recently high, recent high school graduate, and Derwood kept badgering her and her family to help reestablish their state affiliate, which had failed at some time in the past. And there was a lot of resistance, and finally one day she just said to Derwood, look, you bring me 100 members who will join this new affiliate, and I'll join. One day, they were at a bowling alley having a get-together. In walks Durwood. He walks up to her, and he says, okay, I got the hundred. Where are you dues? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's interesting, too, that that young lady later became uh, treasurer of ACB. So uh, Durwood, uh, Durwood could work miracles and, and do a lot, of, a lot of good things for us. But, you know, Durwood was, didn't do it by himself. Uh, he had people like Ned Freeman and so many others working with him. But one conclusion that I've come to is, is, is this, that, that Derwood, along with those that, uh, who helped him out over the years, those individuals uh, gave us this great organization to which we all belong. They made possible uh, this evening. Uh, they made possible uh, this moment. And uh, I, certainly, I, and they also made all of us aware of the fact that we are truly people of vision, just as he was. So I thank Derwood, I thank all those who came before, I thank you, and, well, thanks. I really appreciate it. Before I hand the mic back to uh, 
to, to uh, President Charlson. I just want to take one minute to acknowledge the members of the Board of Publications, uh, Denise Colley, Tom Mitchell, uh, Doug Powell, and Judy Wilkinson for just for the work that you do, and also Sharon. Uh, Sharon, of course, uh, you know, in addition to being the editor, she really helped us you know, gather all the articles. Uh, she does a ton of work. She helped organize the plaques. So um, I just want to acknowledge all those folks. And I want to ask all of you in the, as, in the years to come to please continue writing. Um, it is a pleasure to read good writing. And it is a pleasure to open up the forum and see things and read things that are unique and interesting and insightful and thought-provoking. That's what this award is all about, and I just want to encourage all of you to continue to make that possible with your efforts and your writing and your contributions. Thank you. I'll grab this. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ron. You want to stay? Jump on in. Thank you all so very, very much, Ron. Thank you so much for that. I got to tell you guys, uh, just the thought of Kathy Skyvers being a midwife, I, I am, I, the wheels are turning, guys. I mean, can you just imagine? She'd be like, come on, lady, I haven't got all day. Put your back into it. It's tough love, ladies and gentlemen. Tough love. It works every time. Speaking of tough love, <laughs> Dear, oh, what kind of a segue do I do now? Uh, we, uh, but, but before we introduce the, the, the main event and really the highlight for tonight, um, we've thanked a number of folks in, in ACB over the course of this week and staff, and I know we've honored him earlier this week, but let's once again recognize Lane Waters for all of his work. Lane, where's my hundred bucks? No, I'm kidding. I... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, really thrilled to be able to present to you a gentleman uh, who I think a number of you know and certainly are familiar with, uh, someone that I need to get to know a lot more about. And uh, uh, when Kim honored me by asking me to do this uh, event tonight, she said, well, you know, uh, we're, we're, we, we want to make sure you're prepared, Mark, to introduce the, this gentleman. So I, I, Kim, uh, in her typical librarian fashion, sent me about three and a half volumes of material, uh, all of which uh, 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 coded in the Dewey Decimal System. It was in Nemeth. It was really quite interesting. I, no, I, okay, stop that. Don't do that. She just kicked me under the table. I'm sorry. I don't. In any case, one could do a very long introduction for this gentleman. Uh, let me just highlight a couple of things, because, Terry, I expect that you're probably going to share a bit about your story. So uh, far be it from me to do that. Uh, but just a few notes. Uh, seven full-length full-length albums. Pretty remarkable. Uh, the first uh, CD, I think, recorded with Braille liner notes. Did I read that correctly? Pretty cool stuff. How big is that CD? About 14 inches long? or Four feet high. What kind of player do you, do you put that CD? No, I'm teasing. That's really, I mean, it, it obviously shows a tremendous commitment to Braille. Uh, a gentleman is a singer, a songwriter, a storyteller, an athlete. I understand, Terry, that you ran five miles in one minute. That's really quite remarkable. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, uh, Terry was the third blind person in the world to run the five-mile minute. And uh, five, I don't even know what I'm talking about. 
Somebody finally put scotch in my glass. I just want to. He talked for five miles in one minute. And uh, by the way, if you want to be resolutions chair, Terry, I think you might have a job. This seat will be vacant. In fact, I, uh, this may be the last time you'll see me for a while. I'll be running a blind vending stand in Kankakee, I think. Uh, I don't know. One of the things that really struck me in reading the, I think it was the second or third volume, Kim, that you sent me, uh, was that Terry makes the point that's, that artists, singers, songwriters, people like his good self, people who have that artistic bent, uh, feel a certain calling. And uh, I, I, I don't even sort of pretend to, 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 to put myself in that category, but I think I can have a sort of a glimpse of that when I hear about the kind of music you've done, sir, and... Uh, making sure that through sound, through music, through words, we are able to tap into that part of ourselves that truly makes us human and gives us a glimpse into our souls as created beings. And that is our emotions, our feelings, um, and our heartfelt uh, wishes and thoughts. And sometimes those can be painful and can be tough. Uh, but uh, Terry, you've clearly uh, devoted your life to helping all of us have a greater sort of glimpse of the larger picture, that brighter light we heard about early this morning. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you Terry Kelly. I don't know if I can follow that one. <laughs> hey, celebrate life. We have a, a, this has been cutting out all day, and I just, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't happen today, but here we go. Okay, one second. We will celebrate, celebrate life. Hang on, we're getting it. Don't you love when this happens? So, uh, Mark, do you want to take over the show or what? <laughs> Hang on. I don't know that I can. I think your uh, p keyboard might be hooked up with my Braille display earlier today. <laughs> celebrate, celebrate life, find the joy in the journey, and shine our light. Many hearts, many minds, the hope that make us strong. Together we overcome and celebrate life. Hey, celebrate. of a child in awe of a woman's resolve to live strong are inspired by the man who embraces a plan come what may they will live on if you 
Don't know what to say to someone, just be there. Love and laugh, take some walks, breathe the ocean. If we stand together, we will survive. We will bid this beast goodbye. So let us keep our dream alive and we'll celebrate, celebrate life, find the joy of the journey. tonight to celebrate life, to celebrate the 10,000 dreams, the land of the 10,000 dreams. Well, let's put it this way, the organization of the 10,000 dreams. And how about all the individuals in the ACB who have access to the 10,000 dreams? And I want to talk about how, and, and well, before I go any further, I should say that, you know, I stand here tonight, I'm humbled to be here, I'm honored, and all the things I talk about, I'm re I refer to them as the accumulated intellectual knowledge, the stuff we all know, and sometimes maybe, we, maybe we've forgotten to practice it or to use it in our lives, and it's all stored away there. And if it's something we don't know, uh, if it's not in our own experience, then we can find it. So any dream that you want to have come to fruition, and the same with me, they are there. The way I picture them is they're all there waiting for us, uncovered, unwrapped. So you don't have to chase a dream. It's there to be opened. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how, how we make dream adjustments. What does that mean? And I want to talk about the power of the dream. Every dream must be honored with action. And uh, so we can sit there and we can have things uh, rolling around in our minds. How many people in this room have purchased a lottery ticket? Clap your hands. Go how many people are millionaires because you've done that? Okay. Oh, someone's clapping their hand there. You're, I want to meet you later, please. I mean, we know, we know that you can have a handful of lottery tickets, and um, the chances of one of those winning, pretty slim. But people buy them just in case, right? And so that's where dreams are similar. Uh, we have, you can have a head full of dreams and let them sit there in your head, 
And every now and again, you'll think about what it could be, just like you think about that lottery ticket that might come and be the big winner. But where dreams and lottery tickets differ, of course, is that we have the ability to make a dream come true. And there are different ways of doing that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the power and the poison of affirmations. I want to talk about um, a terrible disease that runs through not just the community of people who are blind and visually impaired. It's kind of a human characteristic. We're not careful. That's a disease called excusitis, destructive. And so how many of us are victim of that? And how many of us know that we can change, we can fix that just by looking at how our affirmations are. What's an affirmation? Well, an affirmation begins with I am. And any time I say, I am a good person, then we start reprogramming or continuing to remind our subconscious mind of the fact that we're going to be, we are a good person. And then the action will follow. How many of us have said, and maybe say on a regular basis, this could be one of many affirmations, I'm really no good at that. I'm always, uh, everything, you know, I always, uh, you know, I get something started, and I'm always, you know, I always fall off. I never, never finish it. Every time we make an affirmation or a statement like that, you're reconfirming, as you all know, this is part of the uh, accumulated intellectual knowledge. We all know that every time you say that, it reinforces that subconscious mind that drives us to do what we do every day. And so our job as individuals is to look out there at the 10,000 dreams, the 10,000 possibilities that are, that are there for us, and which ones apply to our lives. And I want to give you a little example of, of, of how a dream adjustment works. So when I was a kid, uh, you know, before I went to a school for the blind, and I have a, I have a real soapbox about uh, schools for the blind because it's unfortunate uh, they're shutting them down for many reasons. But when I was a kid, before I went to the school for the blind, uh, and I'm from uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada, which is the most f uh, easterly point before you jump off to head for Ireland. And uh, I haven't tried to swim that yet, but uh, we'll see. But, uh, and, and, and so, so, I, I, so I, was, I grew up in St. I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland, and before I went to the School for the Blind, when my parents discovered there was one uh, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, which, which was about, oh, a thousand miles away, um, my brothers and friends would be playing hockey, you know? And uh, I learned to skate. That wasn't too difficult to do. But when I came to the puck playing hockey, you know, my friends would say, Terry, we'd love to have you play, but, you know, you can't see the puck, so forget it. And that's the way I saw myself. I had this dream, this vision, this desire to be a hockey player, but it wasn't going to happen because can't see the puck. So I get to the school for the blind. Winter comes, and all the new students are gathered around, and the phys ed teacher says, so, who wants to play hockey? We said, we can't. Why not? Can't see the puck. We're blind. The teacher says, so what's being blind have to do with not being able to play hockey? We can't see the puck. Did you ever think of playing hockey with your ears? What do you mean? We have to shoot the puck with our ears? <laughs> okay, kids, no shooting pucks with your ears. said, by the way, at this school for the blind, 
we, you probably have noticed so far, that we don't overprotect you, we don't baby you, we don't feel sad because you're blind, because uh, I think as uh, maybe Father John alluded to earlier, that there is a way for all of us to do something just making a difference. So they, they, they knew that. They didn't uh, overprotect their babies. So the teachers, we are a problem-solving school. When you finish with this school, we expect you to be out there and you're going to be problem solvers. Uh, people will tend to want to do things for you, um, or they will tell you you can't do things because they can't see the possibilities for you. So you've got to be a problem solver, and you have to have good vision. We don't want you being blind in your minds. You know? So. It began. So the teacher says, okay, so let's, let's get a puck here that you guys can see. Oh, sorry, play with. <laughs> so says so she said, just sit, I'll guide you, but I'm not going to do it for you. So we talked a bit about it. And she said, by the way, we don't have much money. So we ended up, a long story short, getting a juice can or a soft drink can, dropped some marbles, pebbles in it, taped the hole over. Of course, we shook the can, made a noise, threw it on the ice, made a noise, hit it with a hockey stick, uh, made a noise. But there was a new problem now. Where's the net? <laughs> so someone said, what about if we got a beeper? OK, we'll get a beeper. Someone got the bright idea of putting the beeper on both nets. And you can see us skating around circles now, trying to figure out which net is which. <laughs> so the problem solving continued. And uh, we got a buzzer and a beeper. OK, that's working nicely. Every now and again, even with the buzzer and beeper, we got confused and scored on ourselves. How, any, any hockey fans in the room? Clap your hands if you're a hockey fan. Okay, so you, you'll appreciate this. So we we get confused and score on ourselves. Well, my favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, do that sometimes, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I won't go there. Oh, oh, we we are the only school in Halifax that had a rink. It was an outdoor rink. We, we were kind. We shared our rink with other kids from other schools. They come in, they play hockey, you know, and they uh, skate and so on. And every now and again, uh, we would play hockey against them. Something interesting happened. Every time we played hockey against the kids who could see, we scored more goals against them than we scored than we played hockey amongst ourselves. Now you know, I, I, like you guys probably wouldn't think this, but you know, when I if I ever tell this story to a bunch of uh, total all sighted people, I say to them, I say, you know, you guys are probably thinking, okay, that's easy. Obviously, the kids who could see felt sorry for you, so they just let you score more goals. Right? That's what we thought until we discovered the real truth. Imagine this. Even if you're not a hockey player, just come with me for a moment. Imagine. There you are, a goaltender in the net, and all of a sudden, you realize there are five kids who are blind with hockey sticks coming down the ice and you get the hell out of the way. <laughs> you get out of the net. Another important uh, problem solved, an open net presents an opportunity for multiple goals. <laughs> well, you know, every person who accepted a, an award tonight, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this all week, and a lot of us who have grown up blind, we know this, and people who've lost their sight later in life, what fabulous courage they have, and people who were born blind or younger blind, that takes a different courage. But, you know, um, when, when, when you lose your sight uh, 
in life, it's, it, it, it's a tough thing. But when we are taught to focus on our abilities, the things we can do, as opposed to that one thing, or maybe that one or two, those one or two thi things that kind of slow us down. Imagine, imagine if you stick, think of the power of gratitude in our lives. I mean, I've been, and this, this takes practice, and I, I know lots of you in this room probably do it. And uh, for those, uh, it took me a long time to learn this. When I go through gratitudes every day, some people do it in prayer, some people do it in meditation, whatever way you do it, but to be grateful for all the things that you have, did you ever notice that the things that are difficult become less difficult? Right? And the other thing is, more good things come. So, what happened here? You see, the school, you know, the, the way uh, the culture of the ACB is to teach people to focus on what they can do and to make that thing of being blind a secondary uh, item in your life. And so the teachers taught us that, to focus on that. Guess what happened? You see, if I'd never gone, if I'd never been in that environment, I would have probably sat around for the rest of my life wishing I was a hockey player. Now, no professional team is going to hire me. Well, maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but here's what happened. And here's where the dream adjustment comes into the picture. I had thousands of hours playing hockey with my friends as a kid. I had thousands, hundreds, thousands of hours playing hockey with my little boy when he was growing up. Right? Hockey. A and, and not only did I play hockey with my friends and with my son, I got to do lots of other things. Anything I ever wanted to do. And so here's the question. How many people in your life, and I speak to you as individuals, and we all have different stories. I mean, every one of you people has a story. And, and imagine, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about gathering like this is to learn from one another. But how many people in this room have had people say to them, listen, it's a great idea, but that, I, I don't think you can do that. You're blind. And how many people have had their teachers or parents or coaches or some, even a mentor, a person who's, who's in your life as a mentor, pass their fear onto you? And to program, back to the subconscious mind, program that, well, I'm blind. I'm not able to do that. Where in your life right now have you let that go? Where in your life can you make a dream adjustment? And I don't care what age you are. I, I, I work with a, with a nutrition company. And the, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, one of the scientists is from, um, from New Zealand. And he says, age is just a number. And then he gets down, and he's 77 years old, gets down and just does a one-arm push-up. You know, so. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, uh, so let me tell you this quick other story, and I'll play, play another tune for you. Here's a, an example of how someone else can program your mind and you absolutely believe in it. So, Mr. Cook was a phys ed teacher at the school, taught us to do gymnastics. We did all sorts of amazing things with Mr. Cook. Mr. Cook thought kids who are blind can't run. Okay, Mr. Cook says we can't run, we don't run. We pictured ourselves, and, we, and most, a bunch of us wanted to run. 
we, we, you know, so we just accepted the fact that we're blind, we can't run, and we just were happy, happy that we could do the other things we we're doing. Mr. Cook retires, Mr. Fraser comes, Mr. Fraser's September, he's there for a couple of weeks. He says, okay, who wants to go running? Uh, we can, Mr. Fraser. Why not? We're blind. Oh, he said, I thought for people who want to run, all you need are a couple of legs. <laughs> oh, a couple of legs is all you And all of a sudden, the vision, that light that was transformed in a moment, the transformation in our minds, now we didn't know how to do it yet, but the possibility was there. It was there for us. We got excited because Mr. Fraser was excited. He could see it. And all he had to do was to teach us to run with a guide runner. And at the time, we, at that time, uh, it was, was a, we're 1978, I'm da dating myself here. But uh, the 1980 Paralympics were coming. And Mr. Fraser's son started working with us as a coach. And long story short, uh, our team, were, we ended up being the first, uh, first three totally blind people in the world to break a five-minute mile. We talked all the way to Mark, all through it, right? <laughs> um, and a bunch of the partially sighted kids, you know, and so our, our team uh, walked away with uh, gold medals. I wasn't one of them, by the way, but, but our team did. But, uh, and now, now people, people uh, who are totally blind, are running, you know, down around four-minute miles. Uh, so the thing is that it's just a matter of what you believe. You know, some people say, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Mr. Fraser taught us to see it so we could come to believe it. See it, then you kick in this action component for the dream. You visualize it. You cause your mind not to be blind. You start visualizing, picturing it, and attaching the emotion to it. Get excited about it. Feel it. And then employ the action. And you have to see it before you believe it. Or if you want to live it, you need to see it first, in most cases. So where in your lives have you let something go? Where could you pick up and say, you know what? You know, I could just make a little dream adjustment here, make some changes. It's not going to be exactly as I envisioned it, but it's something I really wanted to do, and I'm going to do it. I want to play this song. How, how many teachers in the room? Clap your hands. Well, you know, truth is that every one of you is the teacher at some level, parents, coaches, whatever. And if you are a teacher, I want, I want to play this especially for you and then for all of you who have given your gifts to others because everybody in this room has done that. And so isn't it wonderful as a teacher or coach or mentor parent when you teach, show someone something, teach them something, share the gift that you have, and they say thank you? How's that feel? Right? Uh, when you watch someone take what you've given them and actually use it, employ it in their lives and take the time to practice it, and then, have you ever watched someone learn it themselves and then pass it on to someone else? How beautiful is that? So how many of us in this room could write a letter to a teacher, make a phone call, uh, walk up to them, give them a hug, and let them know how grateful you are for what they've done for you? The person's passed on. Yeah, yeah. 
If the person's passed on, write a letter. They'll know you've done it. Send it off in a meditation or a prayer. I, I should mention, too, that um, I, I uh, had a little ski mishap uh, this winter. I, I've got a little nerve thing going on my hand. So if you hear any, any, any uh, as I, some of the musicians call clams, uh, that's what's going on. So it's all getting better. So great. But uh, this is a tune called In the Garden that I wrote for teachers. on you Ones who never let you down Those who were there each time you lost your way So some, thank you very much. What I've noticed about this crowd, as they say back in Newfoundland, where I come from, you guys have a, a lot of good energy. Uh, so give yourselves a round of applause first, though. <laughs> that said, that said, every one of us in our lives uh, always have to be aware of the fact that 
if we want to grow, if we want to have our lives continue to be exciting, uh, first of all, we were put on this earth for a purpose. My belief is that we're put on this earth to discover and use and share every gift that we have with other people. We're put on this earth to serve. Now, someone said, what do you, what do you, what do you mean by that? And, and I, heard, I heard a speaker, uh, uh, Bob Proctor, is a guy that, that I listen to a fair bit. Bob Proctor says, you know, what I mean by that is that I am here, meaning he is here. You, every one of you, you're all here. We're all here to serve others, to share our gifts with other people, right? But remember this part. So here's, here's the big thing. Here's the kicker that I never thought of before. Bob says, don't forget, we are also here to be served. And that means when someone, and I've done this many, many times, and I wonder how many of you have done this. I'm getting ready to cross the street, and someone walks over to me, and they put their arm under my arm, and they go to carry me across the street, right? <laughs> now, when that first started happening with me when I was younger, I would be so insulted, embarrassed, uh, you know, I guess self-conscious, whatever, not comfortable with my blindness and all that jazz. And I came to learn that that person was giving their heart, and they pro imagine, if I, if I, my reaction to some of those people, they probably got across the street and said, I will never, ever, ever help another blind person in my life. How rude. I feel crappy, you know? Um, so, so the thing is that when someone offers help, now what I do, I say, oh, let me show you. If you just touch my arm this way, whatever way you like to be guided, and even if I know where I'm going, see, what happens is your pride gets in the way, right? I'm a super blind guy. I know where I'm going. Just watch me, you know? So are we able to detach ourselves from our ego and be kind and uh, let that person serve us and then serve them by being grateful for the gift that they gave us. And we don't want people carrying us or taking care of us, babying us. We want to do everything we do in our lives based on our abilities. And I did a ride through the uh, mountains of Argentina uh, this, about two years ago with two other people who were blind. And I learned a big lesson. The big lesson was that every person is different, and so is every person who's blind. And some of us were more uh, agile, more independent than others, but we all learned. And when we got back from that trip, everybody had grown. So just because, so your mountain might be a little, well, let me, let me put it this way. Sometimes we look at other people. We say, holy smokes, look what that person did. And we judge ourselves based on what they've done. And what we do, we start putting that negative subconscious programming in to say, I'm no good because I'm not as good as that other person, so I'll just sit back and just, you know, waste away. Here's the thing to remember. Some people climb Mount Everest. Some people will climb out. Some people will swim big. Some people will be Olympians. Your mountain is your mountain. Find your mountain. 
And once you summit that mountain, look around and say, okay, what's next? Because I've done this, now I need to step out of my comfort zone and try something else. And do it till the day you die. Till the day you die. Speaking of comfort zones, this next song has a line that goes, boogie woogie woo, oochie coochie coo. I'm going to be shouting out boogie woogie woo. All of you will be shouting oochie coochie coo, right? I know. I can hear. I feel it. All, all the gentlemen in the room right now thinking this. Come on, Kelly, get real. I'm a guy. Oochie coochie coo will never pass these lips of mine. And furthermore, uh, if I would utter such a phrase as oochie coochie coo, my masculinity could be threatened. So no. In light of that, I need to ask all you ladies a question. I won't be presumptuous to think that all of you will agree with me. Ladies, uh, I think some of you will, though. Ladies, here we are, well into a new millennium. It's okay for guys to say what you could you could, isn't it, ladies? Yeah. Well, you know, here's what happens now. So the guys start strategizing. You know, I could slip out the side door. The guy wouldn't see me go. Try that one. Uh, uh, or, or a lot of the guys will say, gee, I need to go to the uh, restroom, you know? <laughs> Hang on, guys, before you go slipping out that side door for whatever reason, because if you choose, you gentlemen, choose to help the ladies and me with this uchi kuchi coo, <laughs> we are going to give you something. A lot of you are probably thinking, oh, he's going to throw money at us, maybe. <laughs> I, 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 I'd, I'd consider that. Uh, but this could be, in the long term, this could be way more meaningful and worth a lot more. Gentlemen, for those of you who choose to help the ladies and me with this uchi kuchi coo, we are going to give you the opportunity to show us just how much of a man you really are. <laughs> so, here's how, here's what I want you to do, right? Two, three, four. A boogie woogie woo, uchi so, ladies and gentlemen, together, try this. Two, three, four. A boogie woogie woo. Not bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, maybe some of you are sitting on a scale of one to ten. I'll be kind. Like you're better than most groups. I gotta say that you're like a six out of ten. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, you, sh you should hear me when I do this with a group of accountants, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I know the couple. Of <laughs> Actually. The truth is, once the accountants get loosened up, look out, baby. <laughs> so, the thing, okay, so six out of ten. Uh, I think some of you may be sitting next to people you don't know that well, and you're looking at touching one another on the show and saying, listen, man, you're going to do this? Right? So uh, we're going for a ten on this. Let's try. Ladies and gentlemen, together, here we go. Two, three, four. A boogie woogie woo. That's about an eight. Let's clap some hands. Give some hands clapping here. Right, here we go. All right. Clap a little harder, shout a little louder. We're over ten, two, Give yourselves a round of applause. Delicious. All right. So uh, uh, here's the thing. You've committed to ten. You made ten out of ten. Uh, it's a very short song, and uh, you guys weren't really that uncomfortable with this. Some people are really uncomfortable. <laughs> so, so I, I I commend you for this. But staying out of ten, like you you guys know. You know, you get on a committee, start working on something, and what, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, you know how that goes. But, but, but not in this group. You guys are going to stay close to a 10, all right, on this. Let's just, uh, I don't know if I should, uh, well, if you want to 
Oh, dance in your chair. I guess there's not much room for dancing otherwise, right? S starts off slowly, then it gets up, uh, we'll get her up tempo. Staring out a steamy window in a little room over the cafe. She was lost in the sound of the rain coming down. And the music began to play. Mm, yeah. All right, count those hands. Yeah. tunes. This next tune is a song that comes from the Power of the Dream album, and uh, I, I say this uh, with great uh, with gratitude because my, my business partner and uh, brother, Tony Kelly, uh, was the person who really um, was the instigator and the catalyst to, to have a CD, the first one in the world we discovered, with a Braille insert. And I have a few of them with me tonight. Um, th this album, uh, and uh, if you want to take it home, Mark is right, it's about four feet thick. <laughs> no, really. So what, what, what it is, it's a, it has a, all, the, uh, all the tunes listed. It has a little liner note, and it also has a note to say that if you put the disc in your computer, then you can access um, uh, all the lyrics and stuff like that. So, but, but, the, uh, but the putting the Braille in the uh, disc was a real challenge because when the machines that kind of, uh, they, have, they have mass stacks of paper, and when, they, when the machine sort of takes it and puts it into the CD, cut, folds it and puts it in, what happened was the Braille was thick, and it made all the, uh, the, the they had to readjust the machine and get it, you know, that was a whole bunch of stuff. It, was, it wasn't a simple thing. But uh, my brother uh, made that happen, and uh, so, you know, I, I get all the, uh, all the uh, uh, 
accolades for that, but it's really his his thing. He works behind the scenes and does all those things. You know, I, you know, I just I just make the noise. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, so this album's called The Power of the Dream, and I was in um, uh, Melbourne, Australia. Holy smokes! A few years ago, with Kim and Brian and Paul and uh, God bless her, uh, Gail, many years ago, and a whole I think there were a few other people in this room probably as well for the Fifth General Assembly of the World Blind Union. And uh, they asked me to write a song for the closing ceremonies. And uh, so I projected this dream in my brain. And I, I wrote the music before I left to go over, but I was stuck on the lyrics. I thought it had to be a song about uh, physical blindness. And you know, that can get you stuck in some corners, right? Uh, until uh, Ole comes along and pulls you out of the corner, of course. Uh, but um, so anyway, so I get over to Australia. The music is done. I'm panicking because they want the song for the closing ceremonies. And I start listening to all the speakers. And I discover, oh, this is, this is uh, not just about physical blindness. This is about whether you're blind in your mind or not. How do you see yourself? And you, we all know this. If we see ourselves in a positive light, it's easier to look to others. If we're negative to ourselves, we're going to be negative to other people. So we need to look for the gifts and the and the abilities within ourselves, and then use them, share them. Our purpose in the world is to do that. Be active and get out there and, and give the world. We are gifts to the world. You are. We all are. Never underestimate that. And so I discovered that this song had to be about, about the power of the dream, about uh, changing what it means to be blind in our mind, not necessarily in our eyes. I just make one small adjustment. And here it is, the power of the dream. Is this this guitar is in the house, is it? Here with it? Yeah. Look, see that movement everywhere. Improvement. 150 million tongues, one clear voice From the land of down under A song, the sound of thunder Singing the dream to open ears all over the world There's a buzz in the air The people from far and near I've made a choice, the choice is clear Changing what it means to be blind Step by step, one day at a time Still much to do, but it shall be At the sighted eyes of the world We'll be able to see There will be changes Through the power of the dream Due diligence by you and me what it means to be blind Women of every nation Are rising to the occasion To change humankind By movement and mind We shall be as one What of youth and the children Empowerment is their freedom and we must convey by example so they can say, no big deal, I'm blind. And the eyes are 
eyes of the earth We'll acknowledge the person first Through our vision by knowing our worth Changing what it means to be blind Step by step, one day at a time Still much to do, but it shall be That the sight and eyes of the world will be able to see There will be changes for the power of the dream To diligence by you and me Changing what it means to be blind Many drops of rain grow for us And bring big mountains down Hands across all borders, boundaries, and nations take walls down. With the veils unfurl the sails, new journeys will abound. No one but ourselves can stop us now. Changing what it means to be blind. Step by step, one day at a time. Still much to do, but it shall be that the sight and eyes of the world will be able to see. There will be changes through the power of the dream to diligence by you and me. Changing what it means to be blind. Changing what it means to be blind. Let's see there. Thanks very much, and this is it. I'm going to finish off with this one last piece. But the piano just shut down again. Right? Yep. Five. So, so yeah, one second now. It's down. Okay, so uh, just before I wrap up here, should mention that we do have, uh, all my music is up on uh, iTunes, as well as um, we have some hard copies here. Now they're turning the mic off. Okay. Go home, Jared. <laughs> oh, it's gone again. There it is. Oh. Oh, back on the board? Okay. So, um, <laughs> this is fun. So, uh, yeah. So, we have some CDs. They're all 10 bucks. If anybody wants one, come up here. Uh, to, so, if you're facing where the head table is, it's uh, to your left. And Anne will be there, and you can talk to her. Uh, if anybody would like to say hello, please don't be shy at the end. I'd love to meet you. You don't have to buy a recording to say hello. <laughs> Anne and I might go hungry because of it. Don't worry about that. No, <laughs> no just joking. Uh, oh, merci, Louise. Oh, oh, Louis. Oh, oh. you know what? Uh, ooh, I haven't done that for a long, long time. Do, 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 do they play that on um, ACB radio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something's happening. Something's happening. Okay, so, uh, you know what? I didn't rehearse that for tonight. I do deeply apologize. I, just uh, for the those of you, there's a song called Merci Louise, a song I wrote for the, uh, uh, the second uh, centenary of Louis Braille's birthday. And uh, it's on, uh, Anne has a couple there. Oh. You know what? I think I have a bad battery. Anybody have a... Okay, we'll just go with it. Okay. One. 
Yeah, no, we're losing this microphone. Uh, no, it's cutting in and out. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe in, in the sake of time, uh, no, in the sake of time, I'll just let it go here. We'll stop it here because I think we're running out of time, right? No? Okay. Uh, do you guys have a battery for this mic? Let's just change the battery because I have a monitor here. Uh, two. Yeah. So it's oh, sorry. the problem, and the problem is that it's not. I can't hear myself. Yeah, but I don't know what to tell you. Uh, change the battery. So this is a, this is a tune I'll finish off with. Uh, it's a tune called Safe Home, and uh, I, I I've been honored to be here tonight, and I want to thank you so much. Give yourselves a round of applause. You've been a fabulous audience. Uh, I I want to thank uh, Kim and Brian for for uh, initiating all of this, and Janet Dickelman for uh, uh, for you know I haven't met Janet yet. I I want a hug for me, Janet. Something for us all over here. Uh, so I still haven't met Janet. We spoke on the phone many, many times. And uh, all the technical people who helped us this afternoon, I want to thank them as well. They spent a lot of time here to, to try and make things work and patch this and patch that. This is a song called, uh, a song I wrote for friends when you're leaving to say goodbye, making a promise that you'll be back again sometime you'll get together. Uh, it's a song called Safe Home. And wherever your life's journey may take you, I wish you a safe home, and wherever you travel to after this uh, wonderful convention is over, I wish you a safe home as well. Thank you so much. And safe home, safe home, may the road be clear, may you miss the storm, may the light be on. The fire, safe home, safe home, safe home. The day is done, and the night comes on. So long, my good friends, how time's flown. So here's to you, here's to all you love. To all the dreams that you dream of, and safe home, safe home. May the road be clear. May you miss the storm. May the light be on and the fire warm. Safe home, safe home, safe home. We share a smile and sung a song or two And took comfort as we talked of times When you and I will be together
heart be brave and your faith be strong. May you not lose hope in the worst of times and when you need a hand, reach out for mine and save home. the storm. May the light be on in the fire. Safe home, safe home, safe home, safe home, safe home. May the Lord be clear. May you miss the storm. May the light be on in the fire. Thank you. Good night and safe home. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Kelly. All right, guys. What have you been waiting for? What? <laughs> <Money>. <laughs> it's, it is it, now. You thought that that was a highlight. Well, I tell you what. Now here comes the handing out of cash, cash, and door prizes. All right. So who are we acknowledging for the first one of these to do this? Lane, is Lane helping with this? Oh, 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 oh! I I have to give you one more opportunity to spend your money, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands in the air. Keep them up high if you want to buy raffle tickets. Oh, you want to do that? Okay. And is there someone that we can get to a mic or what? All right. Are the door prize ladies ready to do some door prizes? Remember those three door prizes? That was about four months ago. We talked about that earlier today. <clears throat> yes, I was 42 years old then. Just turned 47, in case you're curious. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's, call, let's do the first door prize. Door prize, ladies. If you're communicating in American Sign Language, you're at the wrong association. Mark looks questioningly to Kim. Kim looks back in bewilderment. They look at each other. They look around. Having no working eyeballs, they can't see anything. <laughs> door prize, ladies. Door prize. You know, I bet they probably ran off to go down to Brit's Pub or something with those door prizes. You know, if the door prize ladies... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Here they come. Yes, yes, yes. With glowing smiles and bulging pockets of goodies just for you.
The door prize ladies walk slowly up the stage, smiling and waving to the crowd. Mark taps his foot impatiently. Here we are. I finally made it. <laughs> okay, this is how it's going to work. I spent it. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> we have three, four door prizes, and three of them are $50 from the ACB of Washington. Exactly. <laughs> the way it works is whoever wins, they are going to send you the, the money in a check form. So, but you will, yeah, you will get it. I think they, it, it check is in the mail. Okay. <laughs> now, let's see. The first one, let me spin this little wheel here that I have called a braille display. Let's see. Who was the one I was saying 10% to the priest? That's what he said. All right, and the winner is Katie Frederick. Are you here? <laughs> yep, I did. Are you here? I don't see her. Where is she? <laughs> and for the next $50, Charles Mossop. Are you here? All right. I uh, will definitely get your address, Charles Elroy. My dog's jumping on me. I think he wants the next $50. Do we have to convert it to Canadian? <laughs> 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 Denise Coley. Yeah. And we do have another. We do have another door right door oh, door rise? door prize from the uh, ACB of Oregon. Elroy, knock it off. One year, <laughs> one year's prescription to the Dial Magazine, Dialogue Magazine. He's already in trouble. He stays in trouble. <laughs> he stays in trouble, and the winner goes to Tom Jones. Thank you all.
Thank you. Thank you, door prize ladies. Yay! And thanks to door prize ladies' dog, whose tail served as a lint brush like you wouldn't believe, man. It was unbelievable. These pants have never looked so good. I tell you what. There were static electricity coming off that left leg. I tell you what, usually have to pay good money for that. I didn't have to do anything. Just had to emcee the show. I tell you, no idea what I'm talking with this southern accent. I just feel kind of ridiculous right now. Who are, who's been doing this for you? Lane. So how did you do that? Lane and who? So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a little fun giving away some hard cold cash. 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 Are we doing that by check, too? With to, to lead us in, uh, lead us in, mu in, uh, in, uh, in uh, whatever we, I can't think of anything funny. To lead us is Dan Spoon and Lane Waters, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Lane says he's the straight man. We have Dan Spoon. I'm Dan Spoon. We have Dan Dillon here with us, the Dan and Dan. Yeah. All right. So it's it's very good that we have Mark Reichert and Kim Charleston here because the most – okay. Well, I'm, all right. I've got to get got to get a little taller here. Okay. All right. How's that? Is that better? All right. I'm, 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 oh, never mind. It's good. Okay. So the very first thing we have to determine, and th this will not take a roll call vote, but it does take a voice vote, because we get complaints about this every year. So we're going to get it right this time. Now, we can do the 5,000 drawing first, then the 1,000, then the 500. Or we can do the 500, the 1,000, and the 5,000. Would you rather do it the first way? The second way? Yeah. All right. Roll call. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Lane, do you have the tickets? Okay. We're going to ask Mr. Dillon to draw the first one. And then Kim will draw the. So Mr. Dillon will do the 500. Here we go. All right, $500. Jane Lund from Bloomington, Minnesota. Jane is very happy, but she would like to reconsider the prior vote. Yeah. And now we will have, do we still have our guests here? No, no. Okay. We'll have, we'll have Mark Riker draw the $1,000 winner. Mark reaches his hand inside the box, feeling around for any one of his friends. Not that box, Mark! <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Cover that up. Cover that up. you got to be careful. You're on. All right, here we go. Any one of these, huh? Is there anyone in particular that uh, wants to really have this? 
Come on now. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't want that. Yeah, this one. Laughing. Uh oh. Alan Peterson has a history of always selling that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the winner's uh, winning ticket. Uh, from Mark Olson. From Mark Olson from Sold by Alan Peterson, Janelle Olson. We know Janelle Olson. Somebody was happy. Okay. All right. And now it's time for the $5,000 winner. We're going to have Kim Charlson draw the $5,000 winner. Make us all happy, Kim. Laughing again. This might be rigged, I don't know, but the $5,000 winner sold by Dan Dillon is the Tennessee Council of the Blind Affiliate. Well, now let Dan say a few words. Feel free to throw food and objects if you wish. Well, it, it was a good week. Uh, it is not it is not rigged guys but you know yeah uh, kim did it <laughs> i had nothing to do with it but you know this is this is wonderful but do you know for the last 2 years i have sold the winning ticket so you guys get to you need to get to know me better okay <laughs> hey thank you all so much You know, what's really kind of ironic about that, the idea that Dan Dillon, he, he's bragging about the fact that he sold two tickets, two years in a row, the winning ticket. But, you know, if he does this again, we're going to say he needs to run for Congress because he belongs. Anyone who's rigged like that. No, I don't mean that. Kim's kicking me again. Ladies and gentlemen, we're almost done. Before we close on out... If I may have your attention just for a second, the board of directors needs to come on up for a big picture. I will be taking the photographs tonight. It'll be fantastic. Thank God for Photoshop. 
Kelly Gask has never had a project this challenging before. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I just want to spend the next two or three minutes with you. Uh, if we might uh, just welcome back for our closing remarks our good friend and guest guest MC Garrison Keeler. Let's give him a round of applause. You know, you all are so nice. You're so wonderful. Yes, you have to be quiet when you listen to Garrison Keeler because he talks so darn quiet. Sounds a little bit like Richard Nixon, though. I'm not sure. Perhaps maybe Mark is confusing his imitations. Very possible. When we last talked, Brittany was in the car riding with Jimmy Beeler. He's the only one, you know, driving the only Uber taxi there in Lake Obagon. Well, he dropped dropped Brittany off at her Aunt Charlotte's house. Jimmy drove down the street, had to pull over, couldn't stop thinking about Brittany. They had such a good time together talking about their favorite music. Ironically enough, they both like a band called Motorhead, their favorite, favorite album, Orgasmatron. They play it. He just happened to have a copy of the CD there, popped it into his CD player. They, there he was, Jimmy and Brittany, singing along to the sounds of Orgasmatron. Katrina the dog guide, tail thumping away there in the back. So Jimmy's pulled over, just had to call his grandpa. He was raised by his granddad, actually, and lost his, Jimmy lost his dad and his mom a long time ago. But, but he uh, called up his grandpa, and he said, Gramps. You remember how you told me the story about how you met Grandma? And you said, the moment you met her, you saw your whole life flashing before your very eyes, even though you hadn't lived it yet. And his granddad said, yeah, no, Every anniversary, my, my, and every anniversary, my, my my life flashes before my eyes. Now it's it's out of terror because the years have gone by. You know, He's, but yes, he said, yes, I do remember that telling you that. And Jimmy said, well, I just met the most amazing woman. She's so beautiful. She has this long blonde hair. She has these long, long legs and these really, really big dreams big dreams for her future. You can see her dreams coming for a mile. It's really quite something. The woman is so ambitious. She's so determined. She has that beautiful California golden brown tan. Jimmy was asking Brittany about how she got it. She said, you know, I, I, I've actually, I have a, I, I won fourth place in the, in the, in, in, in the California uh, surfing tournament for for blind uh, surfers and their dogs. You get get up on the board there, put the dog right in the front. The dog is, really enjoys it. You know, it's really quite wonderful. Of course, she won fourth prize. There were only five teams, so it wasn't exactly. But she did it, you know. So anyway, but Jimmy was so impressed, you know. But anyway, he told Gramps all about this. And Gramps said, well, you know, I got to get going. I got to go talk to Father Nemo down there at Our Lady of Perpetual Responsibility Church. I got to go figure out what we're going to do about 
cleaning up the basement. And so he hung up the phone. He had, Jimmy had spent 10 minutes on the phone talking to his grandpa about how he was going to, how he met the woman he's going to, who he just gave his heart away to. And before he hung up, he said, I just know this is the woman I want to marry. And funny thing, he hung up the phone, thought to himself, gee, I told him a lot about Brittany. Funny thing, I, I forgot to mention she was blind. Why didn't I think of that? Brittany's sitting at, at her Aunt Charlotte's house, sitting there thinking about Jimmy, thinking about, I've never met an Uber driver who lets my, my dog in and also likes Orgasmatron. This is someone I want to get to know. What, what do you think it would be forward, she said. I got his number. You look in the Uber app, you can call the drivers. I know, I can figure this out. If I call Uber corporate, if I tell them I'm trying to get a hold of one of their drivers, they think I'm going to sue them or something. I don't know what they think I'm going to do. But she's sitting there by the phone. What's she going to do? Thought to herself, I could send them a text right now with my accessible iPhone. I could dictate it. Lifts the phone up to her lips, puts on the Siri, said, send a message to the Uber driver. Siri said, I can't help you with that query. <laughs> of course, she remembered she didn't know how, didn't have his contact information, so she put the phone down. Kind of felt to herself, this is how life is, you know. Get tired of being looked at all the time by sighted guys, always looking at, looking at her big dreams. Her Aunt Charlotte was asking her about, how do you, well, Brittany, how do you know that they're not looking you in the eyes? They're looking someplace else. She said, oh, come on, Charlotte. Come on. You can hear where their voices are aimed, Charlotte, she said. So anyway, she said, thinking there to herself, I don't know. Yep, yep. I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe, maybe he'll call me. Maybe he won't. Funny thing, the phone started to vibrate. Should she pick it up? Was it Jimmy? Or was it just Siri giving her another error message? With that, that's the news from Lake Wobegon. But you know, it's also the news from the American Council of the Blind, where Kim Charlson is strong, Eric Bridges is good-looking, and all ACB members, every last one of them, are above average. Good night. All right. I, I want to ask all of you to give our MC for the evening a round of applause. What a great job. Thank you, Mark. And one more announcement is that anyone with an assistive listening device can turn them in up here at the head table. And Lane is ready to give you your, your refund. All right. Thank you to everyone for making this evening such a rousing success. 
I hope you had as great a time as I did. Thank you to Terry Kelly. Remember, he has some CDs here. Remember, the board of directors needs to come up for a photo op. And safe travels to all of you back home. And see you in Reno in 2017. Good night.